time to ham up. Now I gotta really try hard. Shut it down! Somehow it's the best. After the credits. A Yum Chunks podcast. Yum Chunks! Welcome all you kaiju listeners out there to another episode of After the Credits. I am your host, Sean, and tonight we're going to be talking about Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Right, Chris? I don't know. You tell me, Sean. Is he the King of the Monsters? I guess we'll figure that out in our discussion. And enjoying us in our discussion will be Ryan. Yep, I will be. (laughs) Well, now that we've got that settled, um, we're all here. Uh, How's everyone doing? Great. It's great to be back. Fabulous. Has any been has has anyone um wrote down any um epic tales or experiences they've they've experienced so that they could tell us the chunk fire story? Um nothing epic, <laughs> definitely nothing epic. Um I did finish season 2 of The Patriot though, which I had been kind of um slowly getting through. Because uh, I, oh, okay. I wanted to yeah. savor it, so I, I savored it. Um, nice. Yeah, I, I, love, I just love that show so so very, very much. Um, yeah, it's very, very, very good. I hadn't realized you hadn't finished season two of it. Yeah, I had started it like, as soon as it, they released it, but I, I I don't know. I just, I, you know, like everyone, I always mm-hmm. try to marathon things, but I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. So I pace myself. Um but uh, yeah, so I, I can. I mean, I wouldn't mind doing a podcast on that show because that that is. Oh, I just love that show so much. But um, otherwise, I've been watching Person of Interest still, and I got to season two. And this is back in the days when shows actually had like long seasons. Um, so it's 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 long to get through, and it got a second season, and man, it is. It's getting a little rough, so I don't know if I can keep going. (laughs) But well, it's funny because it's a show. I think we talked about this. Maybe we talked about this last time, but it's on CBS, and in general, that kind of puts a giant, like I don't know, yeah, uh, symbol on over its head that I'm probably not going to watch it. Um, But I do remember when the show was kind of going off the air a couple years ago that there was like. A bit of a, I don't know, cult is not the right word, but like a bit of a following beyond the, like, yeah, and normal and CBS watchers. I don't know who those are. But. From right, I don't either. But from those who have watched it, they they've told me to stick with it because it quote unquote gets better. I don't know if they said it gets good, but they said it gets better. <laughs> um, so I guess I'm gonna, I guess that's what my mm-hmm. life is gonna be for a while. Um. Well, anyway, that's that. Um, but I did just, I have one little thing to share that I just wanted to share this little thing that boils my bacon. Um, I was listening to the radio and this is nothing novel or unique or anything, but um, I'm, I'm just, uh, yeah, I, I like, I, I'm sick of songs that use the expression, I just want to. Um, <laughs> and I just wanted to share that with you guys. That uh-huh. I hate that expression now. It, it like really is. It's just such a lazy songwriting. Like really, that's all you want to do, huh? No, nothing else. That's you. Nope. Okay, fine. You don't get to eat anymore. All you want to do <laughs> is that thing that you just said. Terrible. And not not to say that all those songs are 
bad songs or whatever. Just uh, that expression. I hate it. Anyway, that's, uh, that's I just wanted to share that grievance with you all. <laughs> well, a chunk fire is a place of all, you know, experiences, tales or grievances. We'll air them all. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, what song in particular, or just there's all there's so many of them that there is many, there is many many songs. Like actually, the the one that keeps popping into my head recently is actually a Beck song, which I like Beck just fine. Mm -hmm. Um, but I I just want to stay up all night with you, and it's a fun, it's a catchy pop song. Sure, it's great, but it it, it's like it's it's one of hundreds, and it's like the least offender, if that makes (laughs) sense. Like. Uh, yeah they, and now that i've told you guys you're i think you're gonna hear it all everywhere you I'm sure you know what i mean like you're just like oh my god runs right well i don't know maybe i'm not but yeah i remember a couple of years ago i was thinking of kind of the same thing i guess maybe similar idea to the word tonight like i i think like 99 percent of all popular music has the word tonight in it somewhere and it's just like Oh yeah, I don't, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Again, not, like you're saying, not like everything is inherently bad with that word, in it, but it just right. feels like late. Like it's just lazy. Right? It's just let's un- think of, let's tell stories about time outside of that. The tonight. Oh my like, gosh, Sean, it, your favorite song ever does have it. I, I had to check. I know. Which you know. song? Single ladies. Oh. <laughs> Anyways. But uh, so I think I kind of I get an idea of what 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 you what you're going for. Uh, what I'm going yeah. through, my struggles. <laughs> Although I for I just want to actually I think of the ones that come to mind are more classic. Like I just want to rock and roll all night and party every day. Part of, part of every day. Part of oh part no no I can't I can't party all day. I just just part just part of it. Uh, and then well this is kind of girls just want to have fun. It's, yeah. it's kind of different, but just, yeah, just, idea. I mean, you could shorten it to just wanna, right? Just, yeah, yeah. Rather than it doesn't matter who wants to, who, <laughs> who just wants to, whoever's just wanting to. I am in disagreement with them. They probably want to do more things. I think they do. But you want to know it from these songs? Yeah, they they need to spend time during the song expressing the other things they want to do. That's all. Well, I'm society, asking. get on that. Get some better lyrics. Songs. Ryan demands it. Yep. Uh, cool. Uh, well, anything else? Uh, no, that's that's it for me. Chris, what about you? Are you ready for E3? Uh, I'm as ready as I'll ever be. The question is, are you going to leave me hanging? How would I leave you hanging? By not going on Wednesday. I'm going. I I have to plan my schedule around you now. Yes. <laughs> when has that ever not been the case? <laughs> every every time, the, literally the last three years I've gone to E3, I've gone the exact same days every year. That's because you were also working it. Well, regardless. <laughs> now, now you're just going to have me walking around all by myself, like some. Well, then go another day. Go one of the days. I don't. I, I don't get a choice. I don't get the choice either. You definitely made it sound like you had a choice. No. The day that they're given... So we're all the studio. We're going on Tuesday. Uh That's our day. And then Wednesday, I need to be in the office. We have... Like, I can't be out on Wednesday. Uh So then Uh I decided I'm going to go on Thursday. Uh Likely. Likely excuse. 
And, and well, you guys can't get me in? Not not for free. I mean, we can well, definitely actually... get you in in legal and methods. Actually, yeah, I think we can. Yeah, I mean, there's passes, but boy, oh boy, they're No, I mean, I think pricey. I could get you in regardless. At least the day that I'm not going, you could use my pass, is what I'm saying. Are we counting oh, I, see. <laughs> I mean, if the E3 planner is listening to this, they're then all listening. they'll track us down on the show floor, I suppose. <laughs> Dang it. My cover's blown. All right, we can't, um, we can't release Although, if this. anyone else is listening to this E3, come say hi to us. You, you might not know what we look like, though, but. Listen for our voices in the crowd. We'll be there at E3. Uh, no. Uh, so yeah, E3 is coming up. Let's see. I guess the big news is literally today, uh, as of this recording, I got promoted at work. Oh, wow. Congratulations. I am now a an associate producer. So that's, that's pretty nice. That's pretty well, nice. Well, why don't you just buy Ryan a pass then? Now that you're a big <laughs> yeah. shot with so much You're money. a big shot. I'm afraid only producers can do that. I'm only an but associate. I have to. I need to level up. I need to level up and put that skill point into that tree before I can do that. Dang. I know. So uh, That's cool, though. That's yeah. congratulations. Have you... <laughs> Did you know it was coming, or was it out of the blue? Uh, I kind of knew it was coming. I mean, I guess they could have surprised me and not given it to me, but... But you killed the other associate producer, so it only made sense. It, truly. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, so that was that was really nice, really exciting. That's my life now. <clears throat> uh, what else, what else? Oh, I've been watching this Netflix show called... Uh, when they see us, hmm. I was going to bring that up too, actually, because I've also been watching it. But have you? Yeah, I'm only halfway through it. It's only four episodes, but each episode's yeah. like hour twenty or something. Uh, yeah, I mean it's really good, and it every episode makes me extremely angry. Uh, which i'm sure very much is the goal of the the show i'm pretty sure it is and it (laughs) succeeds on every level it just makes me hate every aspect of society yeah that's pretty much how i feel what is it about i mean it sounds like i'm gonna hate the show it's about do you know the central park five i mean it was when we were kids or like it It was was basically yeah yeah it's about a bunch of kids um black kids in Central Park, New York, who were arrested and tried for um, assault and rape of this woman, and they were convicted, but they were innocent. They had they didn't do it, and it wasn't until years later that I I haven't watched the last episode, which is the, the episode though I think it, they reveal kind of the break in the case or what kind of exonerates them. Anyways, though, it's the the show is more just in general about the criminal justice system. And just like how broken it is in so many ways, um, and so therefore, it's, I mean, it's a fictionalized. It's not a documentary. The show isn't a documentary or anything. It's, okay. It's directed by Ava DuVernay, and it has lots of people you'd recognize and stuff. Um, <clears throat> but it's just like super aggravating and awful, and you just hate every aspect. <laughs> it's just there's no. There is no uncorrupt part of America anymore. Yes. Like they Well, this was thirty years ago, so not even anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, like... I guess that's true. It's just like the justices I mean, we already kinda knew it, right? They yeah. they hate black people. Like they indict these kids with literally no evidence and yeah. 
I mean, they didn't go at all into the jury deliberation, and I don't know how much, but it is kind of like I'm curious to know what sort of deliberation or discussion there was. And I mean, I guess they present the trial and they kind of indicate what things kind of convince them. But I don't know, like things like that. It's just like, who, what juror? I mean, obviously, the show is presenting it in a certain light, so I guess it's not really fair to like. Oh, well, obviously, when they played, they played the evil music when the, that lawyer talked. How did you guys vote <laughs> <know>? um, <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like, it just felt like, who who can make... Um, but yeah, it's, it's, really, it's really, really good, though. And I do think it is, like, worth watching, even though it's incredibly difficult to watch. And if you weren't frustrated yeah. enough with, like, our... Pre- not to get too political, but if you weren't frustrated enough with, like, our president... Like, they have actual footage from his response at that time to it, and it just it just makes you that much angrier. Jeez. Yeah. Um, which has brings me to my solution to the criminal justice system. So Don't have here's one. how I, Sean, will fix the criminal justice system. Okay, first of all, we don't have lawyers that represent, that, that are trying to convict and or trying to... Um, get their defendant off, right? Like exonerate them or, you know, get them not guilty mm-hmm. verdict. <clears throat> because those are conflicts of interest in the right. Like why would a lawyer try to convict someone? Shouldn't they be finding the truth? Like who cares if the person's guilty or not, if it's not the truth, you know, like there's, there's this weird, we've, we're so used to it that we don't think about it anymore, but why is the lawyer, like, I'm not saying the defendant shouldn't have a lawyer, the lawyer should be there because, to protect the defendant's because rights. Because it's all stats, right? Because it's but it, the rights it's a should not be associated with the 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 pursuit and investigation of the criminal, whatever the crime was. So you could have someone there to represent the 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 rights of the individual, the persecute or the uh, prosecuted or the accused, right? <clears throat> someone to make sure whatever lawyer the habeas corpus and blah 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 blah. Right? That's fine. But the person that is investigating that is trying to figure out if the person is guilty or not, should have no bearing on that person's rights, right? And likewise, on the prosecution side, the people who are trying to, con- like, why are they trying to convict? Like, the pursuit of a conviction in of itself is corrupt. That's not justice. Like, it should be the pursuit of the truth. Truth first and foremost. But in our current current system, like, if you're a lawyer who, um, you know, is prosecuting someone and you know that person didn't do it, it doesn't matter. You're you still win if you prosecute it. Like right, you are still a good lawyer if you get that person convicted, but, even though you know but that nobody's person going it. to pay you to defend them if you don't get wins. But that's what I'm saying. You remove the win lose aspect well, of that's the whole broken part of it. Why is it a win lose? Because we thing? live There's in America. A singular and truth. Everything is a business. Well, I'm I, there is... sure, but I'm just saying. I mean, yeah, I, I guess. Actually, I was going to say the same point as Chris, that it's, it's, it's kind of the justice system is kind of premised on a capitalist agenda where if, you know, the, the truth will rise above if both parties are pushing against each other, the, the truth will come out of it. I mean, I don't know if the lawyer is actually the person searching for the truth or if that's the police officers, but um, I think that's what it's premised on. Yeah, but I mean, that's obviously not the case. Like. It sounds like but it, you uh, should play my point. the Phoenix Wright games. I have played the Phoenix Wright games, and they're great. And that's a close. That's a better system than we got. 
I mean, keep the jurors, I suppose. That's fine. But also, instead of lawyers, you have three, and I'm going to call them magistrates, because that's a cool name, and it, it makes it cool. sound like... Shoot. And those three magistrates don't have, like, sides where one of them, like... One magistrate is trying to get the person convicted and one magistrate is trying to... No, they're all three independent magistrates that are presenting evidence without any specific agenda. And they present the evidence to the jurors and then the jurors decide from there. Like, that, like there's no bias there. There's no, there's no agenda of we have to convict this person. No, the, the, a, a want of a conviction on an individual is, is completely irrelevant towards the pursuit of truth mm. no i mean Anyways, there's, I we fixed it that's that there we go um i'm sure there's people who are gonna say oh it's more complicated than that sean no oh, you're part of the problem <laughs> write us an email <laughs> yeah, write us an email tell us how you <laughs> fix the criminal justice system that being <laughs> well that's why people turn into this podcast i assume that being this said po- pop culture podcast about fixing the criminal justice system i have also uh they they released the phoenix wright games as a trilogy oh yeah that's right. and i got that on the switch and i've actually been playing them so. well if i would get that actually but i played i haven't played some of the more later ones and i would i wish that i didn't one came, i didn't like some of the later ones i don't know i thought the overall arc of the originals yeah, the were, first was great, so yeah, right? The, first the, way, great. the way they all linked to each other in the end and everything, yeah. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. It was intense. Um, anyways, Chris, anything else? Uh, I also got around to finishing off Kimmy Schmidt, the this, the last half of the season. I kind of went out with a whimper, I think. Yeah, probably, I was hoping for was, something a little stronger. Probably, yeah, probably yeah, best that thing I did. But I still liked it. I could have seen. Yeah, that. I mean, I it was it. funny. I would have. I kind of wish they had brought John Hamm back, kind of more for that finale. But his character, the mm-hmm. Gary Wayne, whatever crazy name he had, Preacher uh, Man. Yeah, Preacher Man. Uh, other than that, uh, that's all I've been doing. What? What's? What? What you doing, Sean? Um. Well, aside from when they see us, I also watched this, um, it's kind of a special, I guess, on Netflix, The Bash Brothers, The Lonely Island Bash Brothers. Oh, yeah, I watched that, oh, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it was silly and ridiculous, but funny, I guess. I mean, it's Lonely Island, so it's if you yeah. like Lonely Island, then you'll probably like it. Um, most of the songs were okay there's a few that were i thought pretty funny but the rest of them were just kind of like yeah okay mm-hmm. have you seen the other specials they've done like the the valentine's day special they did no i didn't know they did any. i, I don't know if it's thing. still on netflix i haven't looked for it in a while um but it was pretty i mean it's kind of the same thing but they got um uh you know a bunch of guest stars and the idea yeah. is that like um santa has a bunch of left too many leftover gifts from christmas so they need to make a bunch of babies for next year <laughs> so they do this a, what do you call it a um a phone drive where you they're yeah. like you know so they're having music telephone. guests yeah. telephone yeah to have people come in and do songs and whatever and then to get people to like make babies anyway it's pretty ridiculous but it's kind of funny <laughs> i'll have to find it. yeah i didn't know that it was the first one i've seen and it was just i don't know it's just the exact same kind of brand of humor like this Kind of not really random, but just kind of like why full things Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire in the eighties. <laughs> I don't know, but it was good. Um, 
and uh well yeah that's about it that's pretty much all i've been up to except for i have finally seen john wick 3 oh about time which i know you guys have seen and we were potentially talking about doing an episode about john wick 3 but um at this point it's been a couple weeks and we're not sure if it would be super relevant but we still want to talk about a lot so we're actually going to talk about john wick 3 here for a bit um if you don't want to hear us talk about John Wick 3, then just go to the description down below and skip to the timestamp when we jump to King Godzilla. But uh, if you do want to hear us talk about John Wick 3, then get ready. Um, also, spoilers for John Wick 3. Um, anyways. Uh, but yeah, John Wick 3. I loved it. That was it was. I wish I had seen it earlier because that was fantastic. I mean, I like the whole series, but I... I like this one more than the second one, for sure. I'm trying to think if I liked it more than the first. I don't know. What do you guys think? I like the first one, I think, the most story-wise. Yeah. I think it it I think it worked, well, I, it was intended to work well as a standalone, and so it's got a very clear beginning and end, right? Like, where it yeah. can stand alone. Two has, like, this big open ending, right? And three follows suit. That being said, I think obviously the choreography in three is the best that they've done, and they have like yeah. mind-boggling set pieces, and yeah. always just wondering how they hide the cameras during all of these like highly choreographed stunts in rooms yeah. of uh, glass and mirror, and st- <laughs> like it's it's nuts, it's nuts. Yeah, I loved it. Um... I guess, I don't know, I'm trying to think of where I, I put them all like neck and neck. It's really, really hard for me to pick which one I think is the best um, or my favorite. Um, pick one. Uh, I'm going to say that I still like the first one the best because it's, it's just pure. It's quintessential. It has yeah. just the heart of what it is um, without going too far or anything like that. Um and the second one, I think I liked the second one more after seeing the third one because the second one I thought like, oh, they're they're doing this like really all this world building when I love the first one because of its simplicity. But now that yeah. I was like, oh, that's just the story they're going to end up telling. I'm on board now that I've seen the third one. Like this is just this is just what I'm in for. So now looking at the second one, I'm like, oh yeah, this is I'm totally I'm totally on board with the John Wick universe as opposed to just the one-off simple story. Um. So yeah, and yeah, it was just a just a blast. Um. Yeah. I mean, Chris, when you mentioned like kind of the the choreography in this one was probably best. I I, I agree. And also, like, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but I thought it was kind of a cool like, um, I don't know, call out. I don't know if homage isn't the right word, but like when he's in Times Square fairly early in the film, there's a shot in one of the big. Um, marquees of Buster Keaton, like a video playing of Buster Keaton. And like, to me, that's was, well, clearly intentional, but just like, cause that's what it reminded me of all these set piece action scenes that were super crazy choreographed. And obviously they use stuntmen and stuff, but just the idea that it was almost like a Rube Goldberg type device as these things were happening and as they were playing out, just like the beauty of the dance that was going on. Um, and I don't know if that's what it reminded me of, like, those old silent Buster Keaton films, if anyone's ever seen those or are familiar with those. How, like, just 
fun and crazy and just the pure spectacle of the physicalization of what's happening on screen is just so awesome. I, yeah, I mean, I, I love how heavy-handed this movie is with its message, right? Like, mm-hmm. in its reference, like, you just mentioned a dance, right? Like, the movie is very yeah. just up-in-front references. It's like a ballet, right? Like, the whole thing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the area he goes to is a ballet. Uh, and then, yeah, just the whole concept of, you know, actions have consequences. They're just constantly just beating you over the head with that fact. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's actually kind of refreshing that that they are so upfront because I honestly I was saying uh, to coworkers at the time I honestly think these are the movies that we need right now because I feel like as a culture in real life we've kind of forgotten that actions should always have consequences and we let people get away with things that they shouldn't and so on and so forth and yeah. it's it's refreshing it's it's crazy to think that Keanu Reeves has been like the key action figure going into like (laughs) new uh, decades multiple times now. Like obviously the matrix, you know, going into the two thousands and now John wick going into the 2020s. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It is kind of curious. I've thought about this, like, especially with the first one, because like we all said, we, we love the first one, but the first one for sure is the is the most bare bones, stripped of kind of like this world that they built around it, which, by the way, I love. Like the film, no like the world of John Wick is its own world now, whereas yeah. in the first one, you could kind of conceive it taking place somewhat in our own, you know, normal reality, if a bit unique. But now it's like full on unapologetic, like this is almost like a fantasy it reminds like slightly, I don't know, sci-fi. Like not quite to those extremes, but it's definitely in another world. This is not right. our world, um, even if it may be in certain cities that are the same and stuff. Um, but in the original, it wasn't that. And I don't know what. Why do you guys think that like the John Wick series over some of these others has really caught on or kind of risen above those others? Things like what I'm thinking of are like Jack Reacher or The Equalizer or. I don't know, there's other films where it's just like lone gunmen on a crazy action killing spree. I think uh, if I had to take a guess, I th- once again, going back to actions have consequences being the very core of everything John Wick, right? Like, yeah. even the director has gone out and said, he's like, listen, John Wick will never have a happy ending. He kills so many people. Not only does he not deserve a happy ending, but there's just no way he would ever have a happy ending. Uh-huh. I think that 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 level of reality to it is what draws people to it. It's kind of like I said. It's kind of it feels it's refreshing. It feels. Yeah, I mean, well, you say reality, and I I understand what you mean. Reality in terms of its thematic, but I do think like the the movie itself is a heightened reality. Oh yeah, kind of what much. I was talking like or a hyper reality. It's it's not necessarily real, but one they completely are they they never balk at it they are completely play it completely seriously and even though it's wry and they're you know that there's a certain level of awareness they never play it for laughs in terms of like making fun of themselves or anything like everything is so pristine and just like this is the world and if you don't like it you don't have to buy into it but this is what it's going to be and i think there's a certain like i don't know appeal to it in that regard too where they're just so 100 percent in this reality mm. um and and also kind of going on this like weird old like 
like nether or you know alternate existence and i think i talked about this after we saw john wick 2 just with you guys yeah i know she can talk and about this it. one in more than even the second one how much it's like and it, it is completely intentional how no one yeah. cares yeah like all of the extras all of the people in the background this is just part of their world like they don't even blink at what's going on people are getting murdered in crowded subway state yeah. like and no one they just keep going around the only time the only time is one time in when they're in casablanca i think there are some gunshots that rang out and people ran from the gunshots but other than that like one shot everywhere else in the movie like the the world of the movie or like the the people that exist in the world are just like go about their business as if this is all yeah. just completely normal. Well, in the second one, you know, they're they're uh, Wick and Common are having this little gun duel with silenced pistols yeah. on the subway. So you kind of you can excuse it as like, oh, they're they're silenced yeah. guns and the crowd isn't noticing it. But in yeah. this one, yeah, they they remove whatever possible excuse you can come up with where someone literally gets murdered in the uh, train station and yeah. everyone's like doop doo doop doo and there's just a duck line of people between like, you know yes. <laughs> and so it is yeah, I, I was particularly conscious of that in the in the John Wick three where yeah, he whatever message they're trying to send with people being oblivious, either oblivious or it's like you said, Sean, it just part of their world. Yeah, so they're... I haven't actually, I have a, I had an idea about that. What is it? <laughs> well, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you though. Um, oh no, I, that was kind of the end of my thoughts. Well, yeah. I mean just, yeah. Whether it's oblivious or whatever, but to, so one thing that by the end of it, I was, don't know if it's intentional or not, but I got the sense that like it's almost like this whole world of assassins of John Wick and 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 the the um what's the hotel's name the, the continental, continental uh, whatever continental oh, yeah. and just everyone involved in all of this like I said it's just taking place in this world and everyone just is kind of like yeah okay there's those guys it's like they're children and that's the more I thought about it, the more I'm like. I think they're like saying that all these assassins and everything are just like children. It's just like when you see children playing, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, they're just kids playing around. And if you think about some of the specifics in terms of how the fight scenes play out and some of the scenes, like it made me think even more so. Like there's a scene when um, the the sushi chef assassin is chasing him, and he's about to kill him, and then he touches base. He's like, "No, nah, I'm on base. You can't, you can't kill me. I'm uh, touching yeah. base." Like it is totally like kids. And then at the final fight scene, when like the two other guys, when he beats them up, and they're like, uh, "We're just, we're just gonna play dead," or you know, he he beat us. And then when the final guy, he's like, "That was a good fight, right?" Like these are just children; these are all just kids. Like, yeah. and the world is just like, "Yeah, all right, we let these it's kids play. Be... They think they're they think they're big and like having, and they're just they're just having fun." It's like an R rated. <laughs> the last movie is gonna reveal it to be like an R rated Lego movie. In that meta sense, so they're just gonna be like at the park and the little yeah, play it's like a bunch, <laughs> a bunch of kids of... just like with toy like finger guns pointing at each other and go. Psh, 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 psh. <laughs> That's what's happening. This whole film is hysterical. Yeah. Like if I think about it in that light, it's just yeah. funny to think of like all these people like at, running in the middle of the street and just like and like when they're on the motorcycles, I'm just thinking they're like on bicycles. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And I don't. I love it. I think I don't know if that's necessarily purely intended in that looking at it that way. But for me, I think it's great. Like, yeah. I think it adds kind of an extra layer to what 
I think is deceptively a simple, you know, surface level action film. And it does that beautifully. So it can just exist as that. But I don't know. There's like elements to it that are surprising. Like, I don't know if it's intended, but I love it. I'll take it like that. Um, well, uh, any other any other thoughts on John Wick 3? Um, I, I think it's probably, it, well, it's my, it, for me, it's the funniest John Wick. Um, oh, yeah. I think they kind of just double down on all the some of the ridiculousness and mm-hmm. it, it works like that scene where he um, spends like 15 minutes rebuilding a gun just to shoot one bullet. Like I was <laughs> laughing so freaking hard. And that leads right into the next scene where they have the knife fight. And they're oh, yeah. throwing like five thousand knives at each other. I was <laughs> laughing so hard at that scene. Yeah. That was uh, that was so funny. Did... Oh, I was gonna ask: is, Do you guys have a favorite like set piece scene or action scene? I, the knife fight might be my favorite. I don't know. I, I think from this, you know, that the that epic or the final battle in this one, I was hoping was gonna be a little. It it, it wasn't as big of a hitter as I was hoping, um, yeah. because they kind of already used that the kind of like the glass room. Uh, yeah, in that's the last one. So, uh, yeah. it, and I don't know. And then, oh, actually, and I thought it was also funny how John just kept getting smashed into five thousand glass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, that was clearly intentional as yeah. a play for joke. Or I, last, it had right? to be like, and so that's what I mean. They they really they yeah. really hammed it up with those kind of joke um, physical comedy, I guess you could call it. Um, but yeah, I think that knife scene was my favorite just because it's they're just in this weird hallway with the, just surrounded by <laughs> random weapons and they're just going going to town. I love the first two where they're like not even first, but like partial way through. They're just thrown in. They're not always even like sticking. They're just like hitting with the butt of the knife yeah. sometimes because they're just so just like wild and just like yeah. ah, just, they're not always like super you know precise assassin throws. You're just like Ugh, you're just hitting me with the flat edge of the knife. <laughs> yeah, and like just in other stuff where they you know john has a reputation for getting his kill with weird like they play up that pencil joke yeah. right and that that's probably yeah. the best payoff they can't have a better payoff for a, a joke slash kill than setting it up all on the first one and then getting the payoff in the second one right um oh, yeah. but he kills a guy with a book right that's yeah. the first one yeah. and that was <laughs> pretty awesome. great um <laughs> And then he kills a bunch of guys with a, with horses, like, <laughs> like they they like uh, it would just be so much fun to like. Okay, what else? What else could we have him do? What like what are some <laughs> yeah. fun ways we can have him kill dudes? So I yeah, that was just a lot of fun. I think I think my favorite one was the the Halle Berry dog one though. I thought oh, yeah. I, I thought it was crazy yeah. how they were were able to control both those dogs individually with like that type of choreography yeah i don't know yeah it's super impressive like i was thinking like as on on reflection i was like yeah that probably is the most impressive just for what it was i don't know if it's my favorite but yeah i would i would agree that it was probably the most impressively choreographed just as a whole and then yeah. and then to ryan's point right the another scene where they played it up for last was when they just stuck on the dog and just like not letting go of that one dead guy oh yeah he was just sh- <laughs> trying to tear his arm off just like shaking and shaking and they just stuck on it for like 30 seconds yeah <laughs> that was great yeah that was pretty good what about you sean um well i was gonna say i think 
the knife scene was probably my favorite. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I did like the the motorcycle scene where they're fighting on fighting with swords on motorcycles. Like that was also just like again, it's just like you're just like okay, what what can we do that's just like ridiculous and hilarious and also awesome, right? motorcycles swords i mean like during that motorcycle scene that freaking long shot if you want to call it that but like that really shot where right off the bat where it doesn't cut and it's just him centered on him and he's dodging people on one side while killing people on the Mm -hmm. other side and it never cuts and it's just kind of swaying like ridiculous um but yeah i mean still in theaters and i think it did really well too like i well, they, for they announced it, it, the fourth down, one, like, days later. Yeah, it it was the film that brought down Avengers. Well, brought down, quote-unquote. But, you know, right. beat finally beat Endgame, I think, right? I, uh, I don't know, so. actually. I think so. I mean, it I sounds know. right. The timing's right. Yeah. Oh, you know what else was really nuts? I, I really loved uh, when he was defending the Continental at the end, and everybody had armor, just like that extra like visceral effect of him having to hit the same spot multiple times repeatedly like like just to get people to flinch right he obviously wasn't killing them but like just getting them to flinch and everything i thought that was so cool yeah that whole sequence was pretty it was was nuts because he's like oh this is a new problem how do i solve this problem all right i'm just gonna slip my gun underneath their like neck thing there (laughs) like Like the underwater scene right (laughs) that was so cool and you gotta see it basically in slow motion (laughs) yeah uh and well and two just like it would take an it took an entire clip or whatever to like bring down one guy because he's constantly just having to like delay them. Like, uh, and yeah, just like stun some, them. And then, yeah, like a video game or something. Like, okay. I got crowd control. Like I got to take these guys out. So that like prioritize. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Stun, 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 kill, stun, 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 kill. So, I mean, here's a question I was talking to people at work about. So I think they do a good job of making us kind of like the concierge guy, right? Like the, mm-hmm. um, yeah. You make Shane. Yeah. Archie. Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the, wait. the 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 guy at the front door, the concierge. Oh oh oh. I don't know his name, but I know he's. Yeah yeah that guy. They do a good job of making us like him, right? Like he's, he's just an yeah. enjoyable person overall. Uh, but obviously, the end of this movie indicates that John is very much going to be seeking revenge against the Continental as a whole, right? Like. Obviously, that uh, didn't I, wrong. I did have a thought about that. I don't know. I was kind of unsure what that ending implied. Do you think that it like Ian McShane knew that he wasn't going to die? Yes. No, I, I don't think I it too, does. But I, I like. I don't know how he how he could have realistically thought that. I don't think he does. I think he was just like it is. What once he heard it, he was like in his mind, he's like, ah, freaking John Wick. <laughs> well, it is what it is. You know he. If he comes for me, he comes for me. I'm not going to just let him kill me, but he's John Wick. That's how I took it, right? And, it was, and to me, uh, and to me, that's more interesting because at that point, also, I started thinking like, where, what side would the concierge lean toward at the end? Because he also seems to like John a lot, but at the same time, it's his boss, and he seems to enjoy him as well. I don't know. Um, I got the impression that Ian McShane knew or thought john wick would survive like when he when she 
comes back from checking around the corner to see if John's still there. She's like, John's not there. There's no look of surprise on his face. He's just like, like well, yeah. Because he's I, John it's... Wick. Exactly. But he can't expect John. Like it's one of those things where, it, regardless. Okay, so regardless of what he thinks, that can't be what John thinks. John. Okay. John has to view that as just a complete betray- betrayal. He has to be upset, right? Because he was just shot off of a roof. <laughs> And bounced off of other buildings on his way down to the ground where he probably would have died had uh, that awesome comedian guy that was playing a homeless person not found him and brought him back to uh, Lawrence Fishburne. So I, I, I very much think that he will be seeking revenge against Ian McShane's character. Okay, perhaps, perhaps. What did you yeah, guys... I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think they left it open enough that they can go either direction. Um, but do you, do you guys uh, like the Matrix references? Which ones? Um, where well, he... I noticed, didn't he like wave his fingers up at one point? Like, get up? Well, then he flips them off. Um, is that what you're talking about? No, I don't know. I don't think I got that one. I mean, that no, was... Well, he's... Well, the one I'm, or at least one of the ones I'm thinking about the is, guns? yeah, you're like, we need guns, lots of guns. Oh yeah, okay, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, that, that was just, I know, I think there was another one too, but uh, that's the one I'm thinking about right now. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, that whole hotel lobby scene kind of reminded me a little bit of, in general, um, just because it was a whatever the lobby scene in the first matrix was yeah i just kind of similar <laughs> i just love how casual it was as they were going back for more ammo just like entering yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the locked room just like not saying anything just loading up more and going back out uh that world is awesome that universe is awesome <laughs> it is very much is the scent like i don't like who are these people even killing? Like, who, have we ever seen them kill anyone other than each other? Like, all these rival gangs and stuff? Like, that's what I mean. It's just like, eh. Everyone's like, eh, they're not, they're not hurting anyone. I mean, other than themselves. But, yeah, that's what they, whatever they want to do. So, I also assume that he's going to have to... Uh, obviously, they're going to go for the high table, right? Uh, yeah. Is he going to go back specifically for his ring, I wonder? With with oh, the elder, oh, maybe. Oh yeah. Even high table, see, like the adult table and the kids <laughs> table. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. He'd probably get his ring back. And his finger. He's need that finger. He's well. He has um. Twelve hours to get it reattached, so I think he's he's good. And it's probably fast. I just wanted to see him like on a plane, like. <laughs> John Wick having to like uh, I gotta sit on this plane for 10 hours <laughs> but I just I love how dogmatic they are with their own rules right like yeah. when he first gets to Constantinople right no Casablanca, Casablanca sorry uh, when he first gets there and that, that group of assassins the one guy almost tries to break the rule right <laughs> that the 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 head guy said he's like no uh, yeah. he's protected yeah. right and the guy tried to break the rule and so he was just shot dead on the spot oh yeah right yeah. like that is what makes this universe so 
interesting is because you know when people do things that you know break the rules there will be punishment i don't know it's i think that's what i find most interesting about these movies yeah i like that i mean i think to some extent even the kind of the the significance of dogs maybe animals in general but dogs in this because that's kind of what they right dogs have to obey their master like it's about obedience right so I think that even kind of plays into that theme pretty well. So, yeah, I think you're right. There's definitely that. I think that, like you're saying, kind of separates it maybe from other films or franchises that wanted to kind of have aspirations on the same level. But And then also just I think uh, the last comparison uh, I have really is. So you're asking like what makes this stand out against like the Takens and the Equalizers, right? Yeah, I think the other half of it is literally just the choreography, right? I think it's, uh, I think Honest Trailers even pointed this out, right? When they have so much more respect for the action that they're planning and doing that they don't do a lot of cuts, right? Like, I think the Honest Trailer showed, like, taken how many cuts it took to get Liam Neeson over a fence, even. (laughs) And in this one, you know, they have these very intricate dances once again yeah. bringing it back to ballet with each other and they don't have that many cuts these are very clearly people doing these things so yeah i think that also makes it stand out from the rest of the the bunch yeah i mean i think maybe just just real broadly speaking it feels like it has an identity it has a unique identity yeah and all of the things we talked about contribute to that the, the choreography, the thematic stuff, the world. I think even like the color palette, like it's so you like so identifiable, right? Just this glossy jet black with like hues of neon purple and, you know, cobalt steel kind of stuff, right? Like that's an identifiable look to this whole franchise. Um, oh, I'll, and yeah. that like it makes it feel kind of fantasy or even cyberpunk at times. Like, not necessarily any of the content, but just kind of the look of it sometimes. Also, just like as you watch the these movies, right? Every scene is like you're learning at the same time. You're learning a mm-hmm. lot about the the world, a lot of world building going on. Using uh, when he goes to the the ballet school, right? Just mm-hmm. everything is played like you would already know what's going on. But he he gets up to the top and he's like, "I have my ticket, right?" And then as they're talking, yeah. you're you're watching this all unfold and you're just learning another rule or yeah. whatever happening in this universe. And so it's so much more interesting because like right, like the ticket, then he gets yeah. The, there's no expository dump early on. I was like, well. Yeah. I have this ticket that will get me. And it was like, no, you are able to kind of learn the exposition as the action is going on. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. That's, that's just way more interesting storytelling in any form. So, um, all right. How much cool. more well, can we, we have gush a about other... this? Yeah. I don't know. We love John Wick. John Wick 3 is great. Yeah. Um, but I guess we should move on to actual Godzilla, which is <laughs> I, theoretically what we're supposed to be talking about in this episode. Um, so before we get into Godzilla, spoiler warning. More spoilers. Course, for, more spoilers for Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Um, and before we get into our general discussion, Ryan, what happened in Godzilla, King of the Monsters? Oh, well, let me... Okay, so, so Godzilla, King of the Monsters is a movie about... Um, about scientists talking about monsters for a really long time, and then eventually we get to see some monsters. 
Uh, that's that's my one sentence synopsis. But if we're gonna break it down, um, as you may recall from the last Godzilla film, which was just a masterpiece of cinema making, um, Godzilla beat a bad monster, um, and that and now he's back in back in hiding. He went back to his home. Um, <laughs> so since that time. Scientists have been doing a lot of talking about monsters, and we're going to hear all of it. And it turns out there's a bunch of titans sitting around the Earth. Some are good, some are bad. And we're going to give them a BuzzFeed quiz to find out which is which. Um, so <laughs> then some eco-terrorists led by Tywin Lannister, yeah, Tywin, uh, Lannister yeah. Um, bust in and start unleashing the monsters. Oh, no. Um, they do so with the help of a Sega Saturn. Um, provided by our quote-unquote main characters, Vera. Well, what's her, uh, Vera from uh, Vera from There you go. And Eleven from Stranger Things. Um, so they start unleashing all the monsters, but they they also unleash another super duper monster, the three-headed Ghidorah. It's the Gidera. It's the boss from uh, Zelda. Yes. Good. They unleashed the boss. King Gadara. There you go. That's right. And um, who's it, it turns out is actually a space alien. What? Um, and he tells all the other monsters to kill everything, which was ultimately the plan in the first place. So, um, so yeah, it turns out Vera's character was actually a traitor, which everyone saw coming. But then for some reason, even though her plan's going perfectly to plan, she decides that she doesn't like it. And then we try to stop the monsters from being bad monsters. Uh, and then Godzilla beats Ghidorah. The end. Uh, good summary. That that Zelda monster boss was Gliok, by the way. That's the mon- that's the multi-headed dragon monster in Zelda. Um, but yes, that's what happened in... <laughs> I don't want to get too into this right now, but I disagree with a lot of what you just said, right? You, no, there's nothing to agree with, disagree with. It's it, a summary. <laughs> I disagree with your summary. <laughs> good day uh, sir yes um well that was yes that all happened oh by the way um well we'll get into discussion but uh vera formiga is also in that movie um uh, when they or that show when they see us oh yeah her curly hair and that freaks me out she yeah she yeah anyways but she, i don't know who which character i hate more her in this in godzilla or in, <laughs> when they see us oh no um they're like she's a good actress. I like she her. Is good. I like her in general. But these characters are yeah, they're I, they're, pretty, they're pretty bad. Awful. They're pretty bad. Anyways, um, so I think we all know what Ryan's opinion of this film was. It's very <laughs> glowing. I don't know if you're gonna like it as much as Ryan, Chris. Um, and I also am probably. <laughs> I didn't hate this film. I, I, it's not, it's not hate worthy, and I did like lots of it. But I overall, it, it was more to me than anything. It was just like, okay, that was a movie. I don't know, like, well, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I, I guess what I'm saying is I don't have strong feelings either way about this film. Chris, I have very strong feelings okay. about this one. I walked out of that movie just so pumped. I thought this movie was awesome. Oh, right. does it have flaws? Does it have flaws? Yes, it's not. It's not. I'm not saying it's like a like a Oscar worthy film, 
But for being a Godzilla film, so a, a kaiju, silly, stupid monster fight movie, I thought it was awesome. I got everything out of it that I could have asked for. Okay, fair. But I think the problem there is that Skull Island exists. If Skull Island didn't exist, maybe I would be okay with that. But that movie showed that I... a good monster film can be made. I would slightly disagree. And not saying Skull Island is a bad movie either. I just did not get what I wanted out of that film. Well, okay, let's say this. What what so Chris, you love this film and there's probably lots of things you liked about it or specific things, aspects, whatever. I will say huh? that like so for me, I'll, I'll kind of broadly things that I enjoyed about this film. Alright. Um Lay it on me. Do it, John. I Go. mean basically just I, I like the monsters fighting like i like i i can't even say i love it but i did enjoy it just like on a purely just what i'm seeing on screen crazy monsters fighting yeah yeah i enjoyed the crazy action like it was fun uh when all four of them were fighting when rodan comes and there's lightning oh oh my gosh i almost forgot a, a gigantic aspect of my viewing experience that i almost forgot to mention um so, I went to see this film, and I saw it in one of those 4D theaters. Have Ooh, you guys ever been to one of those? I have not. No. Where, I've never been in one, and so I went to go take a ticket, and that was a Showtime playing, so they're like, you know, just so you know, this is a 4G, 4D experience, and I'm like, I don't, what? I don't care. Yeah, just give me a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I thought, okay, what's this going to be? The seats are going to shake or something a little bit here. Oh my God, it's like watching, like sitting in Star Tours for two and a half hours. It was ridiculous. <laughs> well, I mean, is that a good like, thing or a bad thing? So at so at the beginning, I hated. I was like, "This stop it, stop moving!" Like I had a drink in the couple of and I was like slosh, sloshing around and stuff, and like you, like it was really, really distracting. Like it was so much so that like I could not enjoy the film for the first like for for a while. Like not that like it wasn't so bad. I was going to leave, but it was just like, "Hey, this is." I don't know how anyone watches movies like this and enjoys it. Like the seats, it's not full on Star Tours or like, you know, whatever, Guardians of the Galaxy ride or something like that. But it, it moves a lot. It moves a way more than I would have thought for like a movie theater. Um, but then also it does a lot of other things. So they pump in like fog and like Nerf especially gas. some of the scenes when they're like when Ken Watanabe's in the crater or some of the like ruins of the world and they're just like burning smoldering ashes, they pump in like fog and a sulfur smell. So it like smells like that. And then they have massive fans. So when there's like, when they're flying through the air, there's like wind gusting by you. And then like in the backs of the seats, there's little um, like air shooters, like by your neck. So like when Mothra was, was shooting her, the web, whatever spit, it would do the little wet, or anytime anyone was shooting guns, there would be like little in the back of your neck. And then like, there would be like a massage chair, like giant, like big balls in the back of the chair or something that would like, kind of like, like punch you, not punch you, you know, not hurting, <laughs> but like hit you in, the, in your back as like, whatever the monsters are fighting or I don't know. Whatever Sean, you just described a nightmare. I, I, that sounds horrible. <laughs> know, that's what it was. Like for the first half of the film, I'm like, this is like some, cr- <laughs> like just overload of century nightmare. We're just like, and the thing too is I'm positive. There's no one on the actual film crew had anything to do with these 40 things. So I'm sure it's just like some lab technician who creates like these things in like, all right, now I'm going to make this 
you know, the seats do this, and then we're going to do this. Like, it's not like the director is deciding these things because the film wasn't shot in first person. So that's the other thing. As these things are happening to you, it's like, am, am I supposed to be Kyle Chandler right now? Or who, like, what, what is my point of view? Anyways, um, but then at, by the end of the film, I was so used to it that I actually think I liked it by the end. It was so weird because I Sean, hated I think it this at the gave beginning. you brain damage. I think is really <laughs> what happened. Like, I guess it's I guess it's more like uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience or Bugs Life. If anyone's been to those shows yeah. while they were still up because they no longer are, um, more than Star Tours. Um, but yeah, it was just like. It was surprising, or just like even when when Ghidorah would do the giant le- electric attack, and just like there was a couple shots where it was just pretty much right at the camera, right in the theater, there were additional like bright strobe lights that were off screen. So like anytime that would happen on screen, those strobe lights would just like flash the entire theater too. So it would really just like w- wipe you out, and your seat and- would shock you. <laughs> she would shock you. Uh huh. And then, yeah, yeah, it set you on fire whenever Rodan came. Awesome. Um, so, anyways, that was so. I'm just saying that now because my experience, that was part of my experience of this movie. Um, and I don't know necessarily how much it contributes to me liking or disliking. Like I said, I don't, I honestly don't have strong feelings either way, which is weird because I. Hated and then liked the that aspect of it. <laughs> I would say if anyone is curious to check it out, but it is definitely not for everyone. Because, yeah, I, I think although it would be fun to go watch like a like a drama and see if they have in forty, you know. <laughs> like I was joking with some friends, like they should like have "Call Me by Your Name" in forty. <laughs> Anyways, or a movie like that. Regardless. Um, so by the end, though, all of those things did add to it, and maybe that's why I liked the action sequences more, because it felt like like all of those elements I had gotten used to by that point, so it was kind of adding to the experience, and uh, it was fun. So I liked all the action. Sorry, that was all just part of me saying what I liked about the film. I'm just going to say the giant monster's fighting. I like monster's fighting. Well, who doesn't? <laughs> yeah. So anyways, that... Ryan, did you have anything that you liked about this? Yeah, movie? well, I, I mean, yeah, that's. I think the whole, every ticket purchased here was to see monsters fighting. That's the only reason people purchased a ticket yeah. to see Godzilla was to see monsters fighting, and we got that. And yeah. everyone should be walking away happy. And I, yeah, they delivered on that aspect. I think. Yeah, they did. Um, but everything else. <laughs> uh. I mean, I think part of it was a response to the 2014 Godzilla because there was so much criticism. Like, even though that film reviewed really well, better than this film, I I wasn't the biggest fan. Um, But one of the criticisms that, or at least audience criticisms, was that there wasn't enough Godzilla. Or they would cut away for the, they didn't show enough of the action. And in this one, there's a lot of action. They didn't really cut away from anything. They showed all the action. Yeah. So good for them on that. Definitely. The big climax battle was great. The scene where Rodan shows up and they're fighting over the ocean. That whole action yeah. sequence was cool. In fact, I would say that's my favorite action sequence because, well, they had a lot of good shots in the film too. I think they yeah. did a good job of oh yeah, yeah, yeah. of just like framing and cinematography was really fantastic and just t- playing with the visual elements. Um, and when Rodan shows up to fight um, three-headed dude, Hydra Man, um, there's oh, this, yeah. this shot of them in midair colliding that was really just really really cool looking um so they did a good they did a great job with some of the visual the visuals 
in the film. Yeah, I agree. And then even the first instance of Ghidorah when he rakes out in Antarctica, that whole sequence was fun, even though I guess Godzilla did show up. Yeah. So yeah, that whole action sequence and crazy giant monsters. And those are the first like couple times you see Ghidorah, the silhouetted with the like, like you're saying, just like the iconic you know, shots yeah. were, were pretty impressive and stuff. Yeah, they did a, pre- they did a pretty good job yeah. with the monsters overall. I mean, Ghidorah's neck changes length every time he's shown on camera, but that's kind of nitpicky. So. Special powers. Yeah. Um, all right, Chris, what about you now? Lay it on us. What did you like about this movie? I mean, everything that you guys said. Uh, I mean, there's really, I mean, when I texted you after I watched it while I was super pumped. Yeah. Uh, this is exactly those things that I said, right? I said it was probably one of the most visually impressive movies I've seen in a while. I don't know if you guys agree with that it, to it that degree, but I'd stand by that. I think uh, just the color scheme, I think, really also stood out. Like visually, I thought it had a very unique color scheme, especially with like Ghidorah and his yellow lightning bolts and everything. Uh, mm-hmm. It reminded me a lot of how Gar- the first Guardians of the Galaxies visually popped on screen, right? I thought it was very... The, the color choices were very vibrant and unique and made everything feel very lively, which you don't get as much of with things like, let's say, like the, the DC movies or even like Avengers, right? The, yeah. the kind of grounded color schemes and everything like that. This one was just way out there, very very pretty to look at very easy on the eyes Um, yeah i mean i think there's a certain element too that's even just like basic good basic good filmmaking it reminds me of like star wars like we know who the good guys are and bad guys are based on the lasers that they're firing or the the colors of their swords right and the same like we know godzilla shoots blue magic you know space fire and Ghidorah (laughs) shoots yellow and rodan shoots right like it helps us i you know visually identify what's going on um, but you're right. I think that helps the kind of the the poppiness of it all too. Uh, I also I like the creature designs. Um, I thought they did a good job visually with the creatures. They had a crazy amount of digital artists on this mm-hmm. movie. Um, Mothra looked really cool. I liked the the emergence of that. One thing there there are a ton of Easter eggs in this movie. And I don't know a lot about, like, old, old Godzilla at all. But I I was reading about these Easter eggs and a lot of them. Like, when I was watching the movie, do, do either of you know about, like, Mothra and Mothra's kind of background, the original background, and how it's, like, linked to these, like, twin twins? Nope. Nope. <laughs> okay. I, I, that was literally the length that I knew about it. I don't know what the twins did per se or anything like that. I just knew that there was something about twins linked to Mothra. So in the movie, when they hint at that and then they show it, but they don't make a big deal out of it. I thought that was like a really cool call. Oh, that's right. Because she was the, the Chinese scientist was a twin, right? Yeah. And then it shows like Uh, the photo of all their relatives and they were all twins. Right. Uh, Yeah. Like that's cool. But I, yeah, I had no idea that was part of Mothra's backstory, but. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's cool. cool. Yeah, just the and they had like a a bunch of stuff like that, just kind of peppered throughout the movie, it, to where it it didn't play too heavily, but it was just cool callouts yeah. overall. So I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, I definitely understand once again why people 
find the human stuff boring because it's kind of just a tool to get you from one fight monster fight to the next it doesn't really have too much bearing on anything going on um and a lot of times they outthink themselves while doing it but i did i did like and i'm sure there will be some disagreements to this i did like that they didn't try to carry like that betrayal from Vera's character all the way to the end. I like that pretty or pretty early on, like maybe of a third or a quarter or so through the movie, they they just are like, yeah, she's evil, right? Like, I, yeah. I like that they didn't try to like carry that too far into the movie, and then it just kind of went straight forward from there. Yeah, I mean, I guess let me ask you, what do you think at the end of the film? Do you think the audience is supposed to like think she's a good guy no i think it it's the way i viewed it was just supposed to be like you know you reap what you sow because i mean the movie ends pretty good for her i mean she dies i mean she like redeems her or not redeems but saves her daughter i mean yeah is that a? I mean, is that a good or a bad thing? I just, I mean, I just to mean me, to me. I think the audience is going to perceive, or at least I thought, the movie was saying, "Oh, she she's a good guy. She saves her daughter. She's good. She's." I don't know. I guess it doesn't matter too much, but. Well, I don't think it's supposed to say like she's good now. I think it's just supposed to be like okay, you know, because her whole character arc, right, is about grief and grieving and how she was terrible at it i think it was just supposed to be that she finally kind of got over it because she realized what was really important and then died <laughs> there you go <laughs> I, I mean, there you go that's the way i t- that's the way i took the stupid human plot of the movie all right it was it was all about grief yeah yeah i mean i i think they were going for like she was a misguided character i don't know if it but I mean, Kyle worked, Chandler's I, I character is misguided doing. too, right? But he comes back. His whole thing is he kind of gets over it. Well, I mean, misguided I, I guess early. Misguided is not maybe the strong enough word because I don't mean I don't think his Kyle Chandler's misguided in the same sense. I think he's a flawed character. Every character should have a flaw. So I think that he has a flaw. Clearly, whatever he, I don't know what it is. He's not willing to ex- accept what happened either i guess they're both kind of dealing with yeah that's what i mean but i'm saying that her her flaw is different than like her flaw of not being able to settle grief is i think different than her being like than her misguidedness like to me the misguided aspect of her is i think a different thing i think i'm trying to think of another character like she reminds me of like i don't know um i can't think of who Jafar. No, not Jafar. Um, <laughs> like I don't know. Like any. What's another? You did, like, are you trying guy? to say to someone a character who is trying to do the right thing, but for yes, but in the in the worst of ways, in the worst possible way. Yes, through and terrorism then, and murder. At the, only at the end do they realize. Oh, but, I was wrong. But I don't like, know. What, there's, I, that's a archetype that's it is a it is a thing type of it, it, villain it's a thing. character it, but i don't think she ever admits that she's wrong which is why i don't think she's ever supposed to be viewed as good and at the well, end i guess right? that's well, she, i think i think that's what ryan's kind of getting yeah at. that that's exactly what i'm getting at because it, at some point she changes her mind and why 
I mean, she doesn't change her mind. She her daughter steals her tool, and then she's like, "I need to save my daughter." And that that was the end of it, right? That was like she's like, "I'm saving my daughter," and then so she's like, "To save my daughter, I need to drive this thing off and be the the guinea pig." Yeah, I mean, I think it's they they kind of like I don't know they hint or they kind of it seems like she's gonna she's like has misgivings not it seems she does have misgivings yeah. for a while but ultimately they don't seem that it's irrelevant because like you were just saying that's not what motivates her to save her daughter it's or you know to do anything it's saving her daughter that motivates her to do anything like, right which is why i'm not i'm not defending the human plot of this movie no no I'm not, I'm, i don't even think you are i don't think you are right. i don't think we think you are i'm just saying i think to me kind of i think this is what you're getting at ryan is that like it's this contributes to why like it, well, you're not emotionally attached to other than Kyle Chandler, who's a pretty good everyman. Yeah. Even if his story's boring, it he does a decent job. Okay. But with Vera from Mega, she's just I just hate her. Like, yeah, as I'm, just like, her. I'm <laughs> trying to get attached. Even like Eleven, like I'm tr- whatever. Sorry, I don't yeah. know her name, but um, I'm trying to get attached to some characters. And it's like I just I'm not. It's just there's nothing there to get attached to. Um, I, I guess the comic relief, I forget that guy's name, but he's pretty good. He was in West Wing. That guy was. Bro, yeah, Bradley. I was going to say Bradley Whitford. Yeah. I actually kind of enjoyed. Yeah, I enjoyed him. Um, so yeah. this, I think this is actually, this is a, a friend said this to me, so I'm not going to take credit. But um, he, he was saying that there's just too many, too many human characters. Well, yeah. And none of them die. It, there's way too many. Like, why do we need five scientists all doing, like, well, they each have to have a line in all these scenes. Well, too. that's what I was saying in my one sentence summary of this movie. Scientists spending a lot of time talking about <laughs> monsters. This 90% of this movie is just scientists talking about monsters. I don't, I, I don't, I don't care. Get, get them off camera. Why are there 5,000 scientists? Get them out of here. I mean, I, I don't mind that there's some of them there. I mean, that's kind of part of the... Four different to, scientists I don't need, all doing the These same monsters thing. do not speak English. So, like, <laughs> this argument this argument works really well in the Transformer universe where the Autobots speak English yes. and everything and you can understand them. And therefore, there's no reason to even have a single human <laughs> because all of them can convey their feelings very straightforward for anybody. That's also true. But, like, in this case, these are just monsters that are roaring and fighting one another. And that's their sole purpose of existence and everything. It, like... There has to be some humans to drive. No, it. Yeah, that's I fine. I mean, it, I'm glad you brought up Transformers, Chris, because that's <laughs> that's exactly what I think of. Like, and of I'm not course. a big. I, I guess I'll say I, in general, like these than more than the Transformers films, because I do not like the Transformers films. But that's what it reminds me of. That yeah. in so many ways, it reminds me of the Transformers films. Um, but it's not so much that I, I'm like I don't think we're saying no humans in this movie like uh, that like like going back to Kong Skull Island like like there's lots of humans in that movie a lot of them die though and that makes you like you know you get the stakes I guess also kind of going on this idea that like there's so many scientists and one that one girl dies she's the only one that dies yeah when Ghidorah falls hey, on the ice. Hey, Watanabe dies. Well, that's true, I suppose. Yeah. Although he, he kind of dies by himself and becomes... I, I think his spirit becomes part of Godzilla. Like, he's always wanted. Um, but, like, there's all these other... Like, they have Bradley Whitford and the Silicon Valley guy and the Chinese scientist and, I don't know, whoever other scientist... And Ken Watanabe. Um, and then they have all the army people who I don't, like... Why are they in the movie? That's my biggest... <laughs> and why do they well, keep coming back to them? 
Like the, well, they kept going back to him, and so this whole time it's just like, okay. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Some of those army people died at the very end. Remember when they landed to save the daughter, and they as soon as they stepped off of the plane, they just got lit up by Ghidorah's. Oh, yeah. Well, the unnamed life. ones, the yeah. face like Ice, ice, cu- yeah, ice, ice Cube's son didn't, didn't ice cube, die. Yeah. Or... Was it Ice Cube? And no, it's Ice Cube's son. Okay. Yeah. Um, O'Shea Jackson Jr. Um. But so I guess that's another kind of issue, and I, I I don't know if I could fault this film per se because I'm like I guess all big disaster movies kind of do to an extent, but like we spend so much time of just like these ten twelve characters, they all survived, but it's hard for me to get excited when you're literally showing like cities, like all of Boston is dead. I don't care about Army Guy number five. And they deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so, like, it kind of brought it to, like, I think there's a little bit of a, 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 a conflict of, not tone, but, so, like, if the old Godzilla movies or the Power Ranger movies, like, when the monsters are fighting, it's, it's not comical, but it's clearly fake. Like, there's no yeah. stakes. Like, we don't, we don't care because we know no one's dying in, when they're fighting in Tokyo. Like, they're destroying buildings and it's guy in a costume and it's so far removed from our sense of like reality that like, yeah, okay, we don't care. We get that they're supposed to be destroying things just on a, on an abstract level, but this it's so realistic or at least, you know, effects and they paint this picture of like, these things are destroying the earth. Like I can't like get behind as much when they're like these monsters fighting and they destroy a building. Like, Oh, well I guess 5,000 people just died, but cool punch there, Godzilla. You did it. <laughs> Like, so, like, there's that aspect, too. Like, like I was saying, I do like the action. Don't get me wrong. It's visually fun and all stuff. But there's always an element where it's like, eh, I don't know if I could, like, it's not, it's not the same type of fun. No? I don't know. Yeah, no, I, 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 I hear what you're saying. Yeah, that's, Yeah. And just the the Rodan one did not have as so much collateral damage, right? The yeah, Rodan I mean, one. Well, I then mean, they show like they make a point like, "Hey, we got these guys, these refugees. We got like fifty guys on this plane. Like, great, you you save fifty people, <laughs> yeah. and there's just five million people dead you left behind. You guys are man. Some of the, some of these people are like the dumbest people ever, right? Like, they it takes a it takes Kyle Chandler to think, oh, if I just drop this freaking helicopter through the door i could save all these people and the one guy's like no not the helicopter <laughs> like what is what <laughs> i know there's just a lot of i think accumulation of a lot of dumb scenes like that for me where i'm just like yeah. i am laughing in the theater like ah, that is just such a dumb scene it, it i mean i compared this actually a little bit closer to um the latest jurassic world in terms of just mm. uh dumb just like uh, yeah. so many dumb things um <laughs> But yeah, anyway, uh, yeah, I think, anyway, Sean, you, you kind of hit what I was trying to get at in terms of the human element um, and just uh, it not being there uh, for me at all. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so also there's a little bit of kind of, and this kind of plays into maybe like thematically, not that I necessarily think it needs a strong, has to have some sort of monumental message, but like the, there's just constantly like kind of are are because ken watanabe's like no these are these are not monsters they're animals it's like okay so he's like respect them like animals they're part of the natural world but but they're also 
titans and they're here to protect the natural world and they somehow have a semblance of like royalty (laughs) yeah so are are they are are they you you know like there's this dissonance that doesn't really make sense like are these animals then they're just like just to be treated like well like yeah they're not evil per se but they're just animals animals aren't evil a lion kills things to eat because that's what it does these monsters this they gotta survive this is what they do but then they're constantly going no they're protectors like so then they're not animals they're not just animal like what what is it what are these things yeah i had a big problem with that too i'm glad you brought a sweet middle ground what's that what I, th- I said it's, I think it's supposed to be like a sweet middle ground, really. I think it's supposed to be like they have the men- the pack mentality of like wolves, right? Like the alpha, the omega, which is at the end Godzilla and Mothra, right? But at the Isn't same Mothra time, dead at the end. What? Uh, Mothra is never dead. Mothra, <laughs> I had looked this up afterwards. Mothra like represents the cycle of life, death, rebirth, or whatever. So she's never a dead, dead. Plus, I actually think during the credits, there's a newspaper that says they think they found another Mothra egg um but well regardless okay and then so that represents like the animal side of things but at the same time they represent that or they kind of present that like godzilla and mothra kind of have like a further not like obviously it's not like the they're like we're gonna protect the humans or anything like that but it's more of like they have an understanding of hey you know you leave us alone we'll leave you alone so on and so forth until another threat to my rule or you know as alpha comes which was king Ghadira. so oh. <laughs> i mean you said some words i, I i'll i'll accept them <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah i guess i, I was kind of because they were treating them like animals like they were species but there's one member of each species i don't like that part i don't know i try not to yeah. get too hung up so on this is, the yeah logistics. i mean that, that's it, not gonna do i, I don't want to become yeah exactly i don't want to become that guy but i am curious do you think that these were like so they talk about how they've been around for millennia in the ancient peoples used to, do you think it's the same godzilla yeah yes okay so this godzilla like he goes into hibernation or whatever, i mean they fly out say like they basically for, can't die at all Right. Well, they do die. They kill each other. Yeah. But only, they can only die by each other, I guess. Oh, okay. I don't know. Um. Well, okay. Well, I am not saying that's bad or good. I was just I wasn't sure if like we were supposed to get that that like you know this isn't the actual same Godzilla that they painted on walls. This is just the offspring of that species. But right. But they never really. It's never clear. But that's fine. Um. What? Um, and then I had another thought. Oh, yeah. So, the, and so Ken Wanabe, and then just in general, I guess some characters, just like we have to respect them, and we have to live together with them, and and I'm totally like I'm like Kyle Chandler is like, no, what are you talking about? We have to kill them. Like, there's no way we could live. How do you live together with something like that? Well, okay, I, I potentially. I mean, we we I think it's proven that we can't fight them. I guess, and we'll lose. I guess what I'm saying is, like, what, what, what does Ken Watanabe want? I think he realizes that by provoking them, you're only bringing them to the surface, right? Because normally Godzilla is just chilling so far underwater that it's almost unnoticeable, right? And in the first Godzilla that started this universe, it was mankind's kind of obsession with nu- nuclear waste or yeah. 
right? I mean, that that's brought, what the brought whole thing is. Originally so I think the idea is, is if we just improve ourselves and we let them be, we don't aggravate them they'll leave us alone but if we make it our job to try to seek and destroy them they will wreck us okay so here you touched on probably one of my biggest confusions of the film okay what does it mean for them to protect our planet and what does it mean for us to leave them alone so godzilla only arose to the surface in the first one to fight the bad guy right to fight the bad monster because it was a threat to his rule. Correct. Okay. And then, but in, in this one, Ken's all about, we need to live in harmony. Well, according to the rules established, they are going to chill in hibernation until something makes them unchill, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So then, all right. It's, they say the, the eco terrorists or Vera is all about, like, oh, they need to restore balance to the world. Or something. Mm-hmm. So, which is to indicate that, oh, if if we've messed up the Earth, I think one of you guys said something along these lines, then they're going to come and restore balance. And as long as we don't, as humans, mess things up, they're going to stay in check. So, does that mean that after the end of this film and Godzilla is like, yeah, I'm the boss and everyone else is like, all right, cool. But guess what? All the humans have effed up the planet. Let's go continue destroying things i'm a little confused on how what is balance in this world well i think because godzilla was already i I don't know if this answers your question actually but i think because uh godzilla was already the ruler we can insinuate that he was the one that kind of put them to rest in the first place right he was just kind of like hey everybody let's let's just chill and so i mean it's likely to be believed that he would essentially just restore things to how they were i don't know but that doesn't answer (laughs) your question at all so i mean i I, it's it's not that important really like it's not so much about like nitpicking plot holes to me it's more about like like these characters and what is like the story to me the story is you know going to be more important than the plot and these are elements that the story even gets muddled with. Like, yeah, I guess what is you're right. It what's doesn't actually like what's the monster's motivation? Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm getting at. Like, I don't, I, I just don't get what. What are the basic building blocks of rules? Just to, like, and it can be a kind of a, a hodgepodge after that. I don't. Well, it is anyway, I guess. But as long as I understand what my why my monsters are doing what they're doing, then okay, that's good. I can, I can live with that. So like so let's theoretically say at the end of this film so Godzilla has been restored as the king and all the monsters bow to him because <laughs> monsters this saying monsters bow it's funny but whatever yeah, I thought he was going to blow up for a damn but then, but then why no he bowed to him I know but he, like he was giving him like the stink eye like oh man you <laughs> Godzilla you has one face stink eye <laughs> Okay so then so so are they going to go back into hibernation? Because he's the king. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I guess so. That, that's what I was just proposing. Right, yeah. right. Which, all right, okay. I, I, all right. <laughs> they destroyed. Like I don't know. I mean, I kind of get though why. Like they destroyed. What was it? Seventeen of the biggest cities in the world. I don't like. Well, I, they found they restored the world to balance everyone. Yeah, but there's like four billion people. To, world to balance. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I. It's, it's fine. It's fine. 
Um, but uh, yeah, it also goes into the whole veer from Mega. Like, I guess we're supposed to know that she's like crazy, but like, I don't know what what's what's her plan? I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't her understand plan, her. Her plan was originally release a couple of them one at a time to kind of just raise the earth and then let the people that can get the shelters get the shelters so it's not like geno- like genocide of the entire human race but it culls the numbers but then they release Gadira and Gadira becomes the alpha and, and because he's an alien and evil he's just like I want everything dead this is my planet and so he raises everybody at once in which she was like this isn't the plan this isn't the plan and then the the guy you say is from Game of Thrones. I wouldn't know. I never watched it. Uh, he's like, "What do you think was going to happen? This is best case scenario." Blah 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 blah. I mean, I actually liked his character more because he's just like, "Yeah, you idiot! What did you think? We like we're that was the whole plan. Yeah. We're going to kill people." I at least understood him. Yeah, actually, I want to actually another thing I actually legitimately did like is that he. You kind of forget about him. Like, he's not really the, like, the bad guy really is Ghidorah, and the, it's the monster. And instead of just, like, this, you know, forced human bad guy that we're supposed to, like, he's the real bad guy. Like, he just goes away. You don't even, he doesn't die at the end. You never even see what happens to him until the post credit scene. But even that is, you know what I mean? Like, well, it, it, I, I'm just glad it wasn't, like, a Jurassic Park or Fallen Kingdom where, like, big businessman evil, we got to stomp on him, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess, but it, it felt to me more like the movie forgot about him. Like, oh shoot, oh, well, he, oh, he's in this case. movie. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> uh, maybe it was just so unexpected that just the pure like, oh yeah, I forgot about him too. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> because if it didn't have that post credit scene, I would have. <laughs> that's yeah, exactly. Forgot when he returns at the end, you're like, oh, that's right. Look at you still in this uh, movie. <laughs> yeah, good job. I'm just. I guess I was just like, ah, normally you would be dead. Either they forgot to write your scene where you died, or you're pretty cool. And by cool, I mean, you know, evil, but, you know. Um, also, at, in the post credit scene, was that supposed to be one of the heads of Yeah, Europe that was the that one found? that Godzilla ripped okay. off in the water. Okay, that's said, right. like, um, up or something. Are they going to make a mecha? mecha? I was kept yeah. expecting to see Mecha Godzilla or something. I assume they're making a Mecha Ghidorah. Yeah. Mecha Ghidorah. And I was actually expecting to see King Kong show up. I thought King Kong was going to be like the Post-tips. third act. Or no, no, I thought he was going to show up in the final fight. They had a whole movie of him. And then they. Well, that's because that the next movie is literally called like Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. But I wanted to see him in this well, one. You'll I mean, see whatever change they make to him to make any fight between these two creatures make sense. Yeah, it feels like there's no way. He I mean, it, right. Yeah, it doesn't. But I mean, this the next um, film is just going to be them fighting for a little bit and then a third threat shows up and they team up against it right yeah okay yeah it'll be right, cool it'll be the superhero story right you can't have yeah. a victor between the two right yeah and then at the end though they're gonna race <laughs> <laughs> so uh one thing a, a friend of mine kind of joked about that was hilarious uh, or i found hilarious was so in this movie it's very much implied that godzilla has like extreme resistance to concussive blasts right like when ken watanabe blows that atomic blast we understand that he absorbs atomic radiation but he also absorbs like the blast itself like it does nothing to him so the only way to actually hurt Godzilla would have to be some piercing method. 
so we were, we were joking about like King Kong having brass knuckles with like spikes on them to fight Godzilla giant. Like, I would do it. Or put like trees between his fingers. Like sharpened oh. trees, like sticks. Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah. What about, I think you just got to get inside Godzilla. You just get, go, you know, <laughs> go up inside of him. One, uh, one detail that I, I, I mean, it's super minor, but I always found interesting was uh, you guys notice like his spikes on his back are constantly breaking during the movie and then growing back in like different manners. I didn't notice they look different yeah. from scene to scene, but I, I was like, well, I don't, I, I don't remember them in detail enough to know if they actually are different, but they seem different. Yeah, they would break and fight <coughs> and stuff, and then uh, that was, I guess that's cool. Battle damage. Realistic battle damage. All right. Um, well, is there anything, Chris, that you loved about her that you, oh, that you liked that we didn't get a, you know, we didn't let you gush enough about? <laughs> uh, I mean, just all the freaking shots. There's like, there's so many shots. I just want is like wallpapers, like all those sweet shots of Ghidorah and the fog with the lightning going house. down. Yeah. <laughs> My house. Wallpaper, your Wallpaper house. my house. Uh, be it. <laughs> I like a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean the the shot of Mothra coming out of the cocoon. Right, that was friggin' awe inspiring. Oh, yeah. one thing we didn't talk about. So I didn't really. One thing I caught that I didn't really remember from the first one was the soundtrack. I thought the soundtrack in this movie was really awesome, and it fit like that kind of elevated. Uh, godlyhood or whatever that they were trying to mm-hmm. convey versus the the other one, right? Like these are gods, and so I thought the soundtrack that they they crafted, Bear McCreary, who has done a lot of things, uh, including the most recent God of War. Uh, he like I would actually catch during the fights the music, and it would just elevate the scene that much more. And I remember that that really mm-hmm. stood out to me so much so that I went home and I actually bought some of the songs. But yeah, I thought I thought the music was really good too. Um, yeah, I I I can't say I disliked any of the music. I thought it was fine. I, I, honestly, I'm just trying to think of like if there's anything that I can remember that stood out in terms of like any um, recurring themes or anything. But yeah, I mean, I think it definitely fit the kind of scale that they're going for but sure music good <laughs> um what else let's see oh, i found it funny uh who who is the west wing guy what's his name bradley whitford yeah that guy when he made the joke about having kids but he says it yeah. with his entire head being white i thought that was pretty funny he's like dude you can't have kids too old I guess I don't know. I I thought that in my mind. Well, you could have kids. Yeah, men could have kids pretty old. Yeah. Uh, um, it just made me think of Chernobyl, which I was watching while, like, as I was watching this film. I mean, not at the same. As time. you're watching, <laughs> you just had it up on your phone. Was, yeah. As your as the your chair is punching you in your back. Yeah. <laughs> Wind is getting blown. <laughs> 
<laughs> Seriously, it was like almost a joke. Like I could see, like so, I, I can't think of a specific thing, but just like just inundated with just like ah, stop it, ah, what is happening? I'm just trying to watch a movie. <laughs> what about the? Uh, I mean, was it constant? Like, what about the talking scenes? Yeah. Really? Um, I mean, the talking scenes, no. But there would be occasionally, like, if there was a talking scene with ha- that had some significant camera movement, it would have a subtle, like, you know, s- not not drastic, like, not jarring, but the seat would kind of move. Or, like, maybe sometimes if there would be, like, an insert, you know, like a close-up or, like, I think there's a couple times when they're they're looking at the Orca, you know, the, the Sega Saturn yeah. device, the... um you know, do whatever it wants to do for the plot beat that we needed to do it for Correct. device. So they would like pan over a ridge or they zoom in on it. The seats would kind of like gradually like lift up and like push forward and stuff. <laughs> so there would be some subtle things, but in general, no, it was, yeah, it was obviously primarily the action scenes, the big stuff was, but it was just kind of like, it was kind of funny to think about like the soldiers are shooting and I'm getting like in the back of my neck on the chair, but it's like, wait, are they shooting me? <laughs> you got shot. Am Sean. I supposed to be that character <laughs> that I'm watching right now? You're a character in the movie, the movie, and you're dead now. <laughs> but I'm not like it's not a first person perspective in the movie, so it's just like, <laughs> like, or am I shooting the gun? And that's just like the feeling you get when you shoot. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Uh, did, 40 experiences did we'll anyone see. notice well this this i found this also a little little funny is so godzilla is supposed to be the king of the monsters right but <laughs> he's supposed to he's be. supposed to be <laughs> but, but did you notice at the in the 2014 one and in every fight in this one the only time he ever wins is essentially as a ringer right like when humans or somebody else is helping out he never actually wins by himself he's got he's got like he's got like that ringer status does he not win you mean because like mothra helps him in this one mothra the humans right like i think actually both the 2014 and this one he only wins because the humans distract the main one the main monster bad monster long enough for godzilla to get back up he's got like rocky syndrome he just gets beats on gets beat on but he gets back up every time if you can buy him enough time uh, I get, yeah. I mean, I hadn't thought about it. I suppose. Well, it'd be boring. Well, I mean, you gotta give throw the humans a bone. I mean, we're kind of worthless. <laughs> we don't really deserve to be in these movies, if you be, if we're being honest. <laughs> yeah. What was that mammoth creature? Did, are there names for all of those creatures? I think most of them. Yeah. Are they from movies? Like. I guess another thing, too, is that, like, I have no real emotional attachment to Godzilla or, like, like I ne- we never grew up watching Godzilla movies, at least not that I no. remember. So I, I don't have, like, a nostalgic fondness for them or anything. And I know a lot of people do. So I – and I think I have some friends who do like the movie and I think they have a fondness for those, you know, the old 50s and 60s monster movies more so. So maybe there's an element there that I just am, like, not – you know you know it's not good or bad that's that's fine like but I, I just don't have that so there's an element i'm just never going to appreciate on the same level um i think that one the the ape like one i think they're calling that one behemoth king kong 
What? No, you, you're talking about the the one that had like the tusks and everything. Yeah, wasn't that like a man? I thought it was, it was a like a mammoth thing. Well, it has, it's like a cross between like a gorilla and a woolly mammoth or whatever. Oh, you're right. Yeah. It did have elbows. Yeah. Now so that you that, mention it, that one's apparently called Behemoth. Okay. Right. Well, there's going to be 17 of them, or I guess 15 of them in the new movie. They're all going to pick teams. King Kong and Godzilla are going to line them up and they go, you're on my team and you're on my team. King Kong screwed. <laughs> Whoever wins, we die or lose. I don't know. It's <laughs> a good tagline. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, any other final thoughts on Godzilla, King of the Monsters? Uh, I like it. I recommend it. Everybody should watch it on the biggest screen they can find. Yeah, I could say, like, if you think it's something you enjoy, you will enjoy it more on the big screen. But based on our discussion, if you don't think you'll enjoy it... Then watch it on Netflix. I don't think it'll matter too much. Unless you go in 4D. I don't know why it's 4D. In which case you might actually hate it. Time. Yeah, and then you might <laughs> you might get sick and spill beer all over yourself because it doesn't make any sense. There's cup holders on the seats, and they look like they like. I just sat down, and we're just like, and there's other people kind of in the seats next to me too, and you know, we're just like, and then like it starts going because before the movie starts, there's like a little like little demo sequence, like you're in 4D, and it's just like this generic action scene of like a car chase of a guy and a girl, you know, whatever. But it does all the 40 months. And it's just like, oh my God, what's happening? And they're just like, it, all of us in the seats are like, what is happening right now? It sounds like you're describing the <laughs> Schlang not. Super Seat by Cinco. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep, that's it. Keep, your, keep your hands safe of that butter dispenser. That's right. You got to be careful. <laughs> And I was too afraid to like pick up my drink because like I was gonna drink it, but then it just like splash in my face. <laughs> <laughs> it was a nightmare. Um, anyways, cool. All right, well there you go, everyone. Um, let us know what you thought of Godzilla: King of the Monsters. Did you enjoy it? Was the action worth it for you? Was it better than Godzilla 2014 or Godzilla 1998? It was better than that, at least in my opinion. It was at least better than Godzilla 1998. Yeah. I, mean, I really don't like that movie, yeah. though. Anyways, uh, cool. Um, so, that about wraps up our discussion. But, um, guess what, everyone? We got another email. How do they keep finding us? I don't know. <laughs> we try our best to not have people email us <laughs> um, by being, I don't know, boring? No, I don't know. Um, but this is our fourth email, so we're one away from our fifth email milestone. Um, so everyone, we're one away. You could be that fifth. You could be that fifth for this crazy prize or event or thing that's going to happen. Anyways, so this email is from Brian Redloff. Um, Brian Redloff, friend of mine. He, I've guessed on his podcast a couple times, Marvel Star Wars Explorers. Um, but he writes, fulfill your promises. That is the subject. Greetings, greetings Chunkarinos. That's us. We're Chunkarinos, Ooh. guys. Cool. I, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. I like to be a Chunkarino. Um, Long time listener, first time emailer. I was recently listening to your Detective Pikachu episode when you read a couple of emails from my pals and I got a severe case of FOMO. 
I don't deal with FOMO well. First, Sean, thank you for plugging my podcast, Marvel Star Wars Explorers, the podcast that explores every issue of original Mar- <laughs> Marvel Star Wars comics run from the 70s and 80s on your podcast. You're too kind and an always welcome guest on the show. I really don't have much to say. I just wanted to be one of your top five emailers, fingers crossed. But, so I think, but since I think I have a unique take of that Sonic trailer, I suppose I will share. As a Nintendo supremist with no emotional attachment to Sonic, or any Sega property, my initial reaction to the Sonic trailer was one of surprise, amusement, and mild joy. Having no prior knowledge of the film's production history, you can only imagine what an utter thrill it was to see the one and only Jim Carrey appear as Dr. Robotnik. Oh my god, what? Look at this wacky guy acting like he did in the 90s. Yes, please. That's what I need in my life. I don't even care if it's half-hearted. Watching this trailer, I can only be reminded of another film that I have a genuine love for, Looney Tunes Back in Action. This trailer has serious LTBIA vibes. <laughs> also, <laughs> I guess it kind of does. I, it's been a while since I've seen some Brendan Fraser messing with those Looney Tunes. But anyways, um, also, he continues, right? I cannot believe they are actually going to spend the money to change, Son- change Sonic's look. What an, what an incredible waste of resources. I don't care what he looks like. Looks fine to me. This is not going to make a better film. If you're going to spend that time and money, do something useful like write a better script and do reshoots. In parentheses, I mean, that is if it's not already an action comedy masterwork. Anyway, it could be a fun movie. I hope it is. But also, it probably won't be. In regards to Game of Thrones Season 8, Hashtag I'm with Sean. Yes. Take that, Vince. And everyone else in the world, apparently. Um, On to the real reason I'm emailing. Please fulfill your promise of sending Blu-ray sets of The Legend of Korra to all of your first five emailers. (laughs) I've been dying to watch it for the very first time, but its lack of streaming on anything is such a barrier. I can't wait for my Blu-ray set from you guys to arrive. Hopefully I'm in the top five. So excited, and fingers crossed, I'm in the top five. Wait, did so we promise cool you guys- get to the top <laughs> so- five? Or just, what? So cool of you guys to do this. You're the best. I thought we only promised it to the fifth one. Like, a radio caller. We promised it to all five? We promised to anyone, Chris. Don't, don't believe Gondor. Yeah, Gondor's lies. Once again, thank you for plugging my podcast, Marvel Star Wars Explorers, the podcast that explores every issue of the Mar- original Mar- Marvel Star Wars comics from the 70s, 80s, on your show. The door is, door is always well open to any of you fine gents that would be into talking about a single issue of a 30-year-old comic for two hours. I promise it's fun, and we do it every week. Keep up the fine work, and I look forward to receiving my Legend of Core Blu-ray box set from you guys. <laughs> Love, Brian, in parentheses, co-host and best friend of Marvel Star Wars Explorers. <laughs> well, thank you, Brian, for that incredible email. Um, <laughs> even if it wasn't in the top five, which it is, it would be, you know, it deserves to be eligible for prizes on its own. Um, but thankfully, it is in the top five, so it is eligible for whatever prize we all know of and just have yet to say on air. Apparently, it, it might be a Legend of Korra Blu-ray box set. But it, it probably don't expect that, though. <laughs> because we're probably going to do something better. An autographed headshot of Sean Davis. <laughs> there you go. That's priceless. Um, but... Uh, yes, we will announce what that is for the first five emailers. And by the way, just a small adjoinder to the rule. If you have already emailed, you are not 
you you do not qualify if you send another email. So if Lee, Eric, Sam, or Brian sends another email, that will not count towards the fifth. We need five unique emailers. Just saying that now. Um, so all you other listeners out there who have yet to send us a word, now's your chance. Only one spot left for a fabulous prize. Um, but yes, thank you, Brian. Um, your podcast is cool. People should check that out. And what else? Oh, the Sonic trailer. Um, I agree. I do think it is kind of silly that they're redesigning and delaying the movie now that and redesigning. Like, I, I think I said on the podcast, just stick with it. Just like if it's a crappy design and it looks ugly, I mean, that's the movie you made. Do it. Like what? You, you can't just like, I don't know, focus test everything ad nauseum. Gamers are shallow, know. man. They, they only care about what it looks like. Well, I mean, that's a good question. Did they focus test? I wasn't on that podcast that you guys talked about that, but did I they, doubt did they, they focus f- test. I don't know if they focus tested, but it was just all the outcry from the trailer, right? Release. But it feels like they should have focus tested, right? I don't know. Well, maybe. I, I, I mean, that's the other thing too. Is I even speculated that maybe they did focus test it, but they were focus testing people who had, you know, were not gamers, who were just like random people who don't know who Sonic is. And they're like, yeah, it's fine. He his, he looks, yeah, he looks like a cool, crazy, wacky, funny hedgehog thing, and he's really fast. So they're like, oh yeah, okay, good. People are gonna go see it. It doesn't need the gaming audience. And then they release it, and then everyone, like all the gamers, go, he looks ugly. I'm like, oh no. Like I don't know if that's happened, but I'm just saying that like if you constantly are just trying to please everyone, you're gonna please no one. Just just stick, just do something, make something, make it, and and do it. And that's pretty. Just you know, do it. I mean, it, to me, it I seems suppose. like the, it's like the studio, you know, it's studio people who don't actually understand their IP. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I yeah, I definitely think that is an aspect of it for sure. Um, but unfortunately, it just all this redesign stuff, all it does is it just makes the lives of all those animators and everyone worse because now, like, they're the ones who have to pay for this. Like, well, I don't hold on. I mean, why does it make their lives worse? They get paid to animate. Well, but I, I'm, yeah, but it's not like they, I, I just mean it puts them in crunch for six more months. Like now they're going to be working 90 hour weeks again for six more months. I, I wonder, having never worked in the movie business, nor being an animator, um, because I mean, obviously once they animate the movie, they're let go and they just move on to the next project, right? I, I do wonder how different this actually is from said the normal process yeah like i can't imagine it's any i mean they're getting paid for their work yes if it's crunch and it's crazy work hours then that's not great but i don't know they they can go work on detective pikachu too and be under the same (laughs) stress yeah i mean I, i i mean yeah it's not that they're not getting paid but it is it just creates a um and creates an environment as part of the pro- – I think on, as industry in the whole, and this is true for the gaming industry, where it's a churn and burn mentality where like if you're not willing to work 90 hours and don't work over – not take overtime pay, we could find someone who does. So you're fired. Like, right? Like yeah. it's just – it's bad for everyone. Like it's bad for everyone except for a few executives who get more money. Right. Like it, it – I'm not saying I know this is how it works, but just the basic trends and basically – what I do know or have articles I've read and stories I've heard, that's that's kind of how it is in the gaming industry and in the film industry, especially for the effects artists. Yeah, I mean, that's how it is definitely in the engineering industry, at least yeah. at my job. And, it, yeah, it's, it's, 
it's a cultural thing, I think, um, that... Oh, yeah, for sure. It's, it's like, yeah, there's plenty of hardworking people out there will give the job to someone who's willing to be treated unfairly yeah, if, if, exactly. if you aren't. And that just kind of is a bummer because it's not their fault that this had... It wasn't, like, it wasn't the animator's fault that that's how Sonic looked. It was, you know, but they did what they were told and they did it, you know, yeah, well right, or whatever. Right. And now they're getting punished well, you know, you might punish as an extreme word, but essentially they're the ones who are having to pay for the mistakes of others, I guess is what I'm saying. Regardless, that's so much is just built up in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. <laughs> that's true. Um, anyways, um, but that about wraps it up for us. Um, like I said, if you do have anything you want to shout out to us, opinions, thoughts on anything we've discussed, let us know about it. Email us at... Um, yumchucks at gmail.com or feel free to leave comments on any of the many forms um, of media that you could listen to us on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Podcast, Spotify, uh, wherever, everywhere. Um, and I don't know, do all the liking things and subscribing things and send us money on our Patreon. We don't have a Patreon, but I don't know. Donate to charity instead or something. Um, but uh, unless you guys have anything else. Uh, I got nothing else for you. Chris? I am empty. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for staying after the credits with us. And we'll catch you when we talk about the next thing. It's probably going to be X-Men Dark Phoenix. Bye. Bye. This has been After the Credits. A Young Chunks podcast. Yum